on YouTube. I'm going to adjust myself because I've been standing here. I want to sit down. So hold on. And then instead of a sermon, we're going to have a study together in this week's Parsha. So one that moment. While I change my microphone, my camera rather, so that it will. No, and uh, so just hold on one moment. I am just closer to me. Yeah, hold on one bad moment. Just placed my computer on top of my keyboard. Okay. Now, uh, you should see now Johan Solano, which is uh, uh, a study guide that I send out every week. And this is the, this is this week's study guide, and it's about this week's Pasha. Okay. Uh, let me uh, get some more faces up here. All right. So, I need, I'd like somebody to read the scriptures. Somebody volunteer, uh, uh, just call out, call right. out, turn on your mic and say, me. I can read it, Stuart. Go ahead, you can, uh, would you read it right here, please? On the, it's on the screen. What am I, which part am I reading? Right there, Shemot? Right, you're reading Shemot. Moshe said to the whole community of the people of Israel, here is what Adonai has ordered. Take up a collection for Adonai from among yourselves. Anyone whose heart makes him willing is to bring the offering to, for Adonai. Then the whole community of the, of the people of Israel withdrew from Moshe's presence. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit made him willing and brought Adonai's offering for the work on the tent of meeting, for the service in it and for the holy garments. Moshe said to the people of Israel, See, Adonai has singled out Betzalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Yehuda. He has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge concerning every kind of art, artisanry. He is a master of design in gold, silver, bronze, cutting precious stones to be set, wood carving, and every other craft. Adonai has also given him an Aholiab, the son with this, sorry, the son Ahisamah. of of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with the skill needed for every kind of work, whether done by an artisan, a designer, an embroiderer, using blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen, or a weaver. They have the skill for every kind of work and design. Should I continue? Yes, please. Just to the bottom of the page. Okay, Betzalel and Ohaliav, along with all the craftsmen whom Adonai endowed with the wisdom and skill necessary to carry out the work needed for the sanctuary, are to do exactly according to everything Adonai has ordered. On the first day of the first month of the second year, the tabernacle was set up. Moshe erected the tabernacle. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. Moshe was unable to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained on it and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. 
Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel continued with all their travels. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not travel onward until the day when it was taken up. Okay, before we get to the questions, we've just finished the book of Exodus. So we're all going to say this. Chazat, chazar, nitchazet. The melody is like this. Chazak, Chazak, Ready? One, two, three. Strengthened, be strengthened. May we all be strengthened. It's a way of saying, may we all be strengthened to the in the Torah. As we finish book by book, let's all be strengthened and continue. Okay. So, uh, now, uh, I'm going to invite you to, uh, to, to jump in now. You, 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 you folks are going to need to um, both uh, be able to mute your microphones and then uh, unmute them and then remute them. So uh, you, you, un, you, re, you unmute it when you're talking and you remute it when you're not talking. All right, so here's some questions. Uh, let's see, somebody else read the questions for me. Somebody. Go ahead, read first question. Those of you who can't see it, can't read it, obviously. Those of you who have a, who have, who are sitting in front of a screen, please read it. Anyone? I'll read it. Go ahead. At the beginning of the verses applied here, what did the ordinary Israelites do to assist in the building of the Mishkan Tabernacle. I'm going to ask you to read it again because somebody is fiddling, and the, the sounds of, of, of fiddling are are blunting your sound. Somebody okay. nec somebody's uh, necklace, uh, rather uh, somebody's uh, uh, what are you wearing? around your arm. Ar arm bracelet, somebody's bracelet is jingling, or their keys are jingling. Okay, would you read that again, please? Question one. At the beginning of the verses supplied here, what did the ordinary Israelites do to assist in the building of the Mishkan tabernacle? Okay, yeah, let's take a look at it. What did they do at the beginning? Anybody? I call, I'll yes. call name. Go ahead. Yeah. They were asked to bring anything they had that would be able to be used to make the Mishkan. So they brought this stuff. Uh, and we find if you, if you read the verses that I left out, because I, I need to, for the sake of, of, of graphic uh, concision, I need to uh, summarize the text. But the text will tell you they brought blue and, uh, and, and scarlet and purple stuff and yarn and all kinds of precious things for the building of the tabernacle. Okay, since that's you, Rusty, question two. Would you call these gifts spiritual gifts or natural gifts? Natural gifts. Well, these are natural gifts. And it's interesting, at a time when, when community is disrupted for all of us, we're reading a Torah passage about building community, because that's what the Mishkan was. It was a place to build community with God. So what a great text to be reading at this pivotal time. And one of the ways in which you build community is you 
you bring a, you bring what you have. Uh, uh, at our synagogue, people bring food for the owner. Uh, people give money. People people uh, give of their natural talents in various ways. They they bring what you, you bring what you have. Okay, question three. Rusty, read read question three for me. We read also Abetzael and Oholeyav. <clears throat> what role did they play in the building of the tabernacle? Okay, anybody? Somebody besides Rusty. What what role did this guy Betzalel and his friend Oholeyav, what, what role did they play? They were craftsmen. Yeah, and and uh, uh, was it was it due to their normal due only to their normal natural skills, or was there something else involved? No, he, he got they they got filled with the spirit of God. Right, they had natural ability. We read about them. Uh, um, let's see. Well, they, he, he was a designer. Of, of, yes, uh, he was a designer already. Verse 30, Moshe said to the people of Israel, See, Adonaios singled out Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Yehuda. He filled them with the spirit of God, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge concerning every kind of artistry. He is a master of design in gold, silver, bronze, cutting precious stones to be set, wood carving, and every other craft. And then also he had this... Uh, Associate uh, 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 a the son of Ahisamach, who had the had the ability to teach others. So we see natural abilities. Uh, we see acquired skills. These guys were no doubt they were already uh, talented uh, artisans, but God multiplied their talents by filling them with His Spirit, so that their talents were greatly enhanced. Uh, verse 35. Uh, uh, somebody read me verse 35. He has filled them with the skill needed for every kind of work, whether done by an artisan, a designer, an embroiderer using blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, or a weaver. They have the skill for every kind of work and design. Okay. Uh, so uh, the next and uh, the next passage, Betzalel and Aholiab, along with all the craftsmen who Adonai has endowed with wisdom and skill necessary to carry out the work needed for the sanctuary, are to do exactly according to everything Adonai has ordered. So this is this is a very crucial lesson for all of us. Uh, that uh, and we're going to be learning more about that. That in our service to God. We bring our natural abilities. Some of us, uh, since we were kids, we have a natural ability. There are some of you who, since you were a little kid, you had the power of taking things apart and putting them back together again. Me, I can't do that. Uh, uh, some of you, uh, some some of you have uh, speaking ability and, and the powers of articulation. That's something that runs in my family. Uh, I have it, my children have it, my wife has it, my father had it, uh, and that's a natural ability. And then there are acquired skills, things that you either go to school for or you're apprenticed for or that you somehow learn to do. Natural abilities, acquired skills, and spiritual gifts. Let's go on to question four. Okay. Uh, question four. Somebody read question four for us. Question. 
earlier in the book of Shemot, Exodus, Adonai told Moshe, you are to erect the tabernacle according to the design you have been shown on the mountain. If Adonai is the architect, what title might we give to Moshe? Okay, Adonai is the architect. What role? Who's Moshe? What is Moshe's role? Builder. Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the contractor. That, that's what I, you know. That struck me last week. I never saw that before. But he's the contractor. Well, God, God threw up the the blueprint, and Moshe is the contractor. Okay. Uh, actually, the book of Hebrews says uh, uh, says he built the house, so he's you can call him the builder and all the contractor. Okay, question five. Somebody read question five. Brian Hall, I see your smiling face in your picture. I'd like to hear your smiling voice. Read question five. Okay, question five. Later, after the tabernacle is finished, what does Adonai add to the tabernacle without which it would be surely incomplete? Okay. Who, who, who's speaking? That was Brian Hall. Yeah, I know Brian, but somebody, uh, thank you. You can mute your mic. Why don't you answer the question? Maybe Brian, you can answer the question. What did, what did Adonai add to the tabernacle without which it would surely have been incomplete? Really? His presence. Glory. Yeah, his presence. Down in chapter 40, on the first day of the first month of the second year, the tabernacle was set up. Moshe erected the tabernacle. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Without, without the presence of God, it's just the building. It might as well be a Walmart. Uh, 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 now, what's the lesson? What's the lesson for us? The lesson is that all of our efforts to build the, uh, all of our efforts to build a, a, a congregation, our spiritual gifts, our natural abilities, our acquired skills. What do we need in order for the congregation to really be a place that's worthy of being the dwelling place of the people of God? What does it need? God's presence, presence in all God's of our presence. lives. Say it again. The presence God's of God. Spirit. Sure, the Holy presence Spirit. of God's spirit. We, we need to always pray, and we do it, Alvacion, uh, that the spirit of God would be would rest upon us. and, and uh, uh, Otherwise, um everything else may be nice but no cigar okay question six we have read in these passages about natural abilities about the generous participation of god's people about acquired skills or acquired materials about smarts and about spiritual gifts and about the manifest presence of god okay so i, I i'm going to go on now let's see what i'm going to show you uh, this is the, the, the uh, Shulchan Shalano, this publication, a weekly publication, has a number of sections. I want to, I want to, uh, uh, and, and, and we are covering this uh, theme. So let's see what we got here. 
Okay. This is, we have a, a, a gossip, a, a, an advice column called Dear Ravi. Dear Ravi, and uh, I'd like somebody, Steve uh, Goldsmith, would you read this Dear Ravi letter? And then uh, I'll ask uh, Nikki to read the response. Okay, go ahead, Steve. I have been a Yeshua believer for about four years. In my congregation and among my friends, once in a while, I hear people talking about their spiritual gifts, and that always makes me feel funny. Actually, sometimes I feel sad because I don't think I have any. Do you have any words of comfort or advice for me? Dear Louie, I, I have lots of good news for you, and I am so glad you wrote. The first bit of good news is this. As a Yeshua believer, you for sure have some spiritual gifts. God plays no favorites, and he gives such gifts to all his children. But how might you find out what yours are? Well, that's my second bit of good news. I have some suggestions for how to find out. In general, spiritual rights are spiritual rights. Spiritual gifts. Oh, that should say gifts. Oh, that was my fault. Okay. In general, spiritual gifts are given to us to enable us to build up the community of believers, to serve them, to comfort them, to increase their numbers, to bring blessings of word, of love, and even of power to them. So the first thing you should do, perhaps in consultation with your friends, is answer this question. What are the things that I do among people of God that consistently seem to benefit others? Discovering what these things are will lead you to identifying your areas of spiritual gifting. Pause. I want you all to think about that. Some of you wonder what your spiritual gifts are. Uh, if you think about, if you answer this question, what are the things that I do among the people of God that consistently seem to benefit others? I've told this story before, and for those of you in the synagogue who remember it, forgive me. Many years ago, Oh, in the early, early 1970s, uh, there was a church in St. Louis, Missouri, that I, uh, some friends of mine had friends there. And there, there was a, uh, an elder there, his name was Smith, I don't remember his first name, and he was a teaching elder. And uh, he was very gifted, and there were a lot of gifted people in the church. But Smith's wife, whose name was Betty, Betty felt... Uh, kind of left behind because she felt she had no gifts, no spiritual gifts. However, uh, if if a uh, if a busload of people decided contacted them on a, on, a, on, a, on a Saturday morning and said, "We're coming into St. Louis. We'd like to visit your congregation," Betty Smith would be able to whip together a meal and a hospitality situation for a busload of people without working up a sweat. This is a gift, she had a gift of hospitality uh, that was conspicuous. Uh, it, it was a, a major blessing to that congregation in every kind of situation. So she had this, uh, this conspicuous ability that was of spiritual benefit to her congregation. That was one of her spiritual gifts. So you too, if you have an ability that is a conspicuous benefit to your congregation. You need to think of it as a spiritual gift. Okay, uh, Rusty, uh, rather, uh, uh, 
Nikki, continue reading, please. Okay. Uh, wait one second. The screen got really small. Hang on a sec. Uh, view options. Okay. Oh, I can't. I'm sorry. I've just messed up the. Okay. Rusty, would you, Rusty, would you read for me? The screen's really small for some reason. I don't know okay. why. Okay. Also, when a person has, Rusty, you want to read this? Yeah. Also, when a person has a certain spiritual gift, they will often tend to attach themselves to others who have the same gift. Leadership professor Bobby Clinton calls this the like attracts like pattern. What sort of leaders or spiritual people tend to be tend to attract you? This can be an indication <clears throat> that your spiritual gifts are like theirs even if yours are underdeveloped as yet. Yes, if you're a person who always wants to hang out with teachers, you very well may have a teaching gift. If you're a person who always wants to hang out with and listens to who practice the gift of healing, you may have that gift. That attraction may be due to uh, the fact that God has warmed you to this. So the second way you can find out the spiritual gift, what sorts of of gifts characterize the people to whom you are magnetized, both in personal relationship and in your reading and in your interest. That's that's section that's suggestion number two. Okay, somebody of the male persuasion read the rest of this letter. Last two paragraphs. Any of you guys? Finally, I'll... Professor Clinton. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Okay, finally, Professor Clinton speaks of the giftedness drift pattern. This names the tendency to drift toward responsibilities or activities that match your spiritual gifts. What kind of responsibilities and activities are magnetized to you? This can be a pointer to the gifts you have. Okay, stop for a minute. Um, Richard Hoffman and, and Marsha Hoffman in our congregation uh, when someone is, uh, when someone's life is broken down, when someone is in trouble, Richard and Marsha are immediately there. Uh, 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 they, uh, uh, for them to ignore such a thing uh, would be uh, uh, would be unthinkable. Roya Vetter, if someone in the congregation is absent, she's got a gift she's got a shepherding uh, uh, she's always vigilant about instead of the 99 sheep who are here she's always thinking about the one sheep that's wandered away so, uh, uh, the, the roles the responsibilities that people these people are attracted to uh, the Hoffmans would be on a mercy team of some sort. Uh, uh, you sign Royal, something that has to do with shepherding people. She's right there because that's just her thing. So what's your thing? You need to ask yourself, what kinds of responsibilities are you attracted to? What kinds of people with what kinds of gifts are you attracted to? And what is it that you do that benefits the people of God that, uh, that, that, that is of conspicuous benefit to the people of God. These are all clues to your spiritual gifts. Okay, let's see. 
proven it was done. Uh, so let's see. I want to share one more thing with you. I will share one more thing with you. Stuart? Yes. I think this is, this is Rusty. I was listening at um, Valley Best Shalom, and as they were doing the end of the, the Torah reading, when they said, Hazak, Hazak, I forget what the last two words are. Um, <laughs> thinking about we're all sort of isolated now because everybody's afraid they're going to get this virus. And one of the things that God's saying is be strong, be strong, strengthen yourselves. Yeah. Yes. Very apt yeah, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> we said chazak, chazak, but uh, that's a good midrash on its particular relevance to today. Uh, the Torah passage is relevant because it's all about building community in a difficult situation. They built that Mishkan in the wilderness, and we're going through a wilderness of our own. So we, uh, we have the opportunity with our natural abilities, our acquired skills, and our spiritual gifts still to build a tabernacle in our particular wilderness. And as Rusty reminded us, be strengthened, be strengthened, and may we all be strengthened. I think I'm gonna leave Amen. it at that for today. Amen. Let me, let me just see your faces. Hold on a minute. Okay, here we are. Okay, anybody anybody want to chip in at two cents before we do the Aleno? I just Thank want you, to Rabbi congratulate Stewart. you. Rabbi, this is Richard. Hi, Richard. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, so besides the conference calls, how are we going to build community while we're staying at, you know, staying at home and we can't congregate the synagogue. We're uh, congregating what, now. Yeah. Uh, but 